What up, what up, everyone, and welcome to the What You Got podcast, where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between. I'm Jordan Palmer, joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend, Charlie Bud. And today, we're talking animation. And more specifically, is animation an effective format for storytelling? With so many great and uh, questionable selections to choose from, the case can be made for both. Charlie, this topic is a bit broad, so to narrow the scope a little bit, I need to know what animated movies you think represent storytelling at its finest. So, with that, bud, what you got? All right, so favorite animated movie, and I mean, there are plenty to talk about on this topic of animation. I mean, I think it's just easy to, I mean, like, this is not necessarily my favorite one, but like, I was just thinking of it as I was saying this, but like Fantastic Mr. Fox, you know, Wes Anderson movie. That is a wholly, you know, a animated stop motion film. And I think it's just a perfect example of really good storytelling. But my absolute favorite animated movie, if you haven't seen it, you definitely should, is Spirited Away. I heckin' love that movie. It is uh, so good. And I would watch it pretty much uh, any chance I get. Because I love the Miyazaki movies. They are excellent. In every regard, I have seen most of them, not all. We've done an episode on them. Um, they're excellent, excellent films, and I think *Spirited Away* is like, or any of his movies, in this, uh, are like phenomenal examples of how like animation can be a very good medium for storytelling. And you know, it's kind of unfortunate because I think animation is kind of seen as like a lesser tier of like storytelling compared to like, you know, your traditional live action, like movies or television shows. And I think that's a disservice to the talented men and women who work in the animated, uh, you know, film environment. Um, but I do want to hear more about like your thoughts on this topic, Palmer, what are your favorite and least favorite or favorite animated movies? Uh, what you got? Okay, so you kind of stole one of mine. Spirited Away is absolutely on the list. And like you said, Miyazaki just does his thing. Studio Ghibli does their thing time and time again. And so that's really the first time I believe I saw a Miyazaki film was Kiki, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service back when I was four or five. And I, I really loved it. But I came to appreciate it probably when I was in middle school and I saw Howl's Moving Castle because I came in midway through... And I was just like so captivated by the actual animation style. And so that ultimately led me to Spirited Away, which, whew, as, as, as a goat right there, that's a goat. But in addition to my other favorites, and I talk about this one a lot, and I am waiting for, I guess, this, this October for it to, the second part to come out, Into the Spider-Verse. I knew it was going to definitely be yeah, your yeah. favorite. Oh my gosh, dude. That just, that movie really touched something inside. <laughs> down and then finally one of my all-time favorite movies um to this day like goaded goaded is the iron giant oh dude was, i forgot about that movie yeah man isn't that crazy it came out i think in like 97 or 98 but dude great great movie i remember oh, dude, seeing that it in throwback <laughs> um, so wait, how old how old were you when you saw Spirited Away and Fantastic Mr. Fox for the first time? Okay, Spirited Away was a movie I happened to catch on Toonami way back when Toonami was a big thing. I think, God, like 10, 11 years old. I don't even remember like how old I was when I watched it, but I know it was on Toonami. 
it was like a random Saturday night, and, you know, I was like just turned on Toonami expecting to watch maybe like Yu Yu Hakusho or something, like whatever was on Toonami back in the day. And uh, I was just, um, Spirited Away was on randomly. Uh, and I just like remember I started watching it. It wasn't at the very beginning of the movie. It was it was close to the beginning of the movie, mind you. But from, like it was right when she discovers like her parents are pigs in uh that's like where I picked up on the film for the very first time. I remember that very distinctly because I knew I didn't watch it from the very beginning. It was, it had just started. I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And I was just like, kind of like kept watching it. I remember cause I had nothing better to do on a Saturday night as a 10 year old, I guess. And, <laughs> and so I just kept watching it and I, um, watched the whole thing. I, I just remember just continuing to watch the entire movie and I just was like, wow, I loved that. I didn't even know what it was called, I think, when I was when I was younger. I didn't even know. And I was just like, damn, this was such a good movie. I remember thinking to myself, and I was like, you know, I want to see that movie again. I hope I can ever get the opportunity. It wasn't until a couple of years later that I realized it was called Spirited Away, and I saw it again, I think, on, like, Toonami or something, or, or rather. And I was just like, oh, my God. I was like, wait, that's that movie. That movie is so good. And then I just, like, watched it again, so... Um, that was how old when I saw that, and yeah, it, it stands out as a very fond memory because that truly is like one of my not just one of my favorite animated movies of all time, but like one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm. And I always wondered, and the reason I asked is, does, do you think the, the nostalgia plays a role in how we perceive it? So we saw these movies, I guess, when we were a little bit younger, and. I know now as I, I watch things that people highly regard or movies that they say I have to watch, I'll see them and I, it won't be the same as if I had watched them when I was younger, had the opportunity to really grow up with them and then watch them now. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you think if you were to see Spirited Away for the first time now, you'd, it'd have the same effect on you? Uh, yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, I've seen the movie as recently as this past year. Uh, so, and it still holds up. It is still easily one of my favorite movies. I think I would definitely appreciate it, knowing who I am. If I have never even like seen any of the Miyazaki movies, and I've always loved animation, as because I mean there are certain like movies and shows that I just loved growing up, uh, and I still love to this day that are totally fully animated. Um, so like knowing that I just like love that aspect of it, I would totally think if I were to watch Spirited Away for like the first time tomorrow, I think I would still absolutely love it and probably be just like blown away by it and like kind of upset that i hadn't seen it earlier or something and then like this would probably be like a movie i've been like telling myself i want to see this but i'm curious like does iron giant still hold up for you like when was like the okay so you said spider-verse is still as like you're one of your favorite movies but that kind of came out when we were like adults or something (laughs) i mean like i mean when we're older for sure and i mean i love that movie that movie's excellent and i'm super excited for part or the sequel part one and two. Yeah, yep, so yep. Um, that's going to be wild. Um, but I'm like curious, I guess, is like, when did you realize you loved animation as a medium for film? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think honestly it was, it's funny. So I've always been like a, a little bit of a comic book nerd. And yeah. so I grew up watching, you know, Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series. And so I seen these things every, you know, Saturday morning and so I, I accepted it just as, as a medium for entertainment. But then when you started getting into my love of movies, and that happened pretty early on because it was just like a long TV show, I, I thought that, oh, wow, this is, this is cool because I don't just sit there. There's no commercial. I can just 
watch all the way through and get some pretty pretty incredible stories in there. So that's it started from there and it certainly evolved as I've come to get a better understanding for the structure of films and how difficult it is to just do from the perspective of live action. Then you have to try and do that animated because, A, you have to physically draw out or computer animate the individuals to do things, facial expressions, and you need the actors to come through and properly convey the vocal tones so that, or just do the sounds right so that everything kind of seems so seamless and it, it seems like it's actually really happening all at one time. So I have such an appreciation for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think, you know, we said about like how hard it is for like a film to be made, let alone like an animated one. Like I don't think a lot of people like realize like how much that seems so seamless. Like imagine just, you know, you're not necessarily playing the character. You're not like, I mean, you're playing the characters like a voice actor, but like you have to like convey the emotion through a completely separate person. It's not like you're, the one doing the motions, going through the motions and all that stuff and like conveying you're you're conveying an emotion through your voice alone and have to rely on the animators to, you know, carry some of that other weight, but it has to also seamlessly fit together. I don't think people realize that that can be a real challenge. I don't think voice acting some people I feel like probably think voice acting is easy. I don't think that at all. I think voice acting is very difficult. I'm and I don't think anybody. Can, I don't think everybody could do it. So, I agree with you there. I took actually a voice class maybe uh, two years mm-hmm. ago, and it was just a one day session, and you're just reading lines. But you'd be amazed at how difficult it is to make something sound like you're actually saying it. Because you can try and memorize it, obviously, but sometimes you have giant paragraphs you have to read. And you have to do it without, you know, running over and trying to take a mm-hmm. couple quick breaths. And then you still have to, you know, do certain things. And so imagine yeah. doing sequences. Like I remember Tom Hanks was talking about one time in an interview when he was playing Woody. And yeah. I think that they said to make things easier, he would end his day doing all of the like bump sounds. So if he was falling oh, down yeah. the stairs, he had to, oh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh. and you think that's just, you know, you're just doing that. But you're mm-hmm. literally probably watching the playback on a screen, mm-hmm. trying to time them up. And you have to convey, oh, that one really hurt. Ah, and then yeah. that one was, ugh. And also almost has to, like, kind of match, like, the physical, like, the physicality of how, like, the character probably would have reacted. Like, yep. you know, like, you have to kind of, like, imagine, like, falling down, like, stairs or getting punched in the stomach probably have two different sounds when mm-hmm. it comes to having to vocally, like, act them out on, like, over a character, a voiceover rather than kind of, like, in person because you can kind of, I don't know. It's it's a little different, I guess. No, and that's probably a absolutely. very hard thing to kind of replicate, and probably kind of kind of feels weird because you're just like sitting there in a studio going, "Ooh, <laughs> ah, ugh. that stair was really far from the ground. Make sure you, you, you make that <laughs> yeah. come across." Okay, uh, we'll take that again. <laughs> ah, like. Actually, 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 can we get can we get some stairs in here? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna push you down some stairs <laughs> just so you can just, just take that same energy and apply it now. Like what? Yeah, it's like, dude. It's, it's like um uh, okay, and like they push Tom Hanks down the stairs. <laughs> That's the voice lines that they use in the actual Toy Story. <laughs> that was actually me falling down the stairs. It's like actually, like, fun fact, you know, um, like I can't even remember who directed it, but like yeah, the director 
uh, he was just like, you know what? It's not authentic enough. And he was just like, you know, we were walking to, you know, out of the studio to get coffee one day. And like, as we were going, he just shoves me down the stairs and he just happened to have like my mic on me still. So it just worked out, I guess. In fact, I actually broke two ribs and my collarbone. So, you know, I sued him for more money. But it's all for love, all for the love of the game. The microphone actually wasn't on, so we had to do it again. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, dude! No, it's uh, it's such a. I have nothing but respect for for some voice actors, but uh, once again, it just goes to you know testament of building out this film around that, and sometimes they animate. I don't know. I I don't know if the process is always the same in terms of do they animate beforehand or do they animate after. But I know that when people are dubbing something over in a different language, you see. You know, obviously, what the animation was mm-hmm. like and how the person said something. So you have to then translate it into your native language and still convey the same emotional kind of tone. Which yeah, is... I think when it comes to putting an animated film together, I think the voice acting is like one of the last things that is added to the okay. to the process. Because every time I've seen like behind the scenes of like uh, animated student like films being made, it like they always voice act with like the actual movie playing, so they can mm-hmm. kind of react to it because then that that allows for like kind of easier chemistry between like say you're in a scene with somebody right like you you can't just read your line for line you have to know what your character's kind of doing in that scene so it's thinking like seeing it visually probably helps them tremendously so i feel like otherwise it'd be very difficult but that also probably makes it harder for the animators as well because like they have to kind of like animate the mouths moving and like all that other stuff and it has to be very planned and uh um so Something else that I appreciate, I know this is like about animation, but and we're talking about voice acting, but still, sometimes, so they'll have actors come in and they'll read their lines, but they won't be together. Mm-hmm. So I guess they just have somebody record the audio with, conveying mm-hmm. the emotions that they want, and then they play it back, and the other person has to match that same energy as if they're together at that moment but it's yeah that's how like archer's done i think because none of the actors are in like the same studio barring like one or two of them they're all in like different studios in parts of different parts of the country so they'll like have like chris parnell record his lines and then they'll send those lines over to like h john benjamin and he has to like react to chris parnell's character and do like all that kind of in the moment it's like probably like seriously like wizard level stuff yes. to kind of pull off like i just don't know how Definitely. you would do that that seems so challenging but i guess that's also kind of a, a pro to animated films is that you can have that kind of production definitely 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 i mean we talked a lot about the cool good stuff but <laughs> and we also talked about about our, our favorite some of our mm-hmm. favorite animated films do you have any any least favorites by any chance oh, least favorites you know i feel like for the most part if I'm watching an animated movie, I generally enjoy it. I can't remember the last time I really didn't like some animated movie that I watched, other than like some stupid like Christmas movie that we watch every now and then. Like, uh, you know, Brahma and I watched Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, and I oh, have, classic. I mean, classic. it's just not good though. <laughs> it's just like not that good of a movie. It's, it's like, one of the ones you grow up with, and it becomes endearing. It's like time. yeah, it's like when you're younger, it's good, and then like you watch it as like an adult, and you're like. Oh, it's really not that good, huh? It's just, ooh. Um, yeah. I mean, like there are better Christmas movies out there. I mean, to just off the top of my head, like the uh, 
the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer's Christmas special, like this claim, claymation one. That's a classic. Awesome. Man. Classic movie. Awesome. Charlie uh, Brown holds up to this day. Charlie too. Brown does hold up. I haven't seen it in a while, but I it I, it, it was good from what I remember. Yeah, it's a it's, it's classic. What about you, Pomper? Do you have a movie on your list that is just like no, no? I do. Okay. I do. I do. And to your point, I had to really think about this one because I usually actually I have two. And oh, one of them two. Dang. Two. Two. Okay. So the first one. Easy was over the hedge. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh yeah, that one's not good. I forgot about those yeah. crappy DreamWorks movies. Yeah, there's definitely probably a couple of them on there. Dude, I remember being in fourth grade watching it, and I was like, "This is stupid, man." Sorry, DreamWorks. That one just. I'm sorry. Shrek is your is your peak, but over the Ooh, hedge. But let like me down. Shrek, like anything past two is bad. Yeah, we stopped. A hard, a I haven't hard even stop, like seen him. That's how stop. I know that I'm just not going to. Same thing with the, I, I, what is with DreamWorks? Sorry, a little <laughs> cut you off real quick, but no, you're good. what What's is up? with DreamWorks and like milking the shit out of some of their <laughs> movies franchises? Like, why are there like seven Ice Age movies and why are <gasps> there forgot. like ten Shrek movies? Can we please <laughs> stop this? I think they're coming out with another too. No. They made a stage play. They made a musical out of Shrek. Shrek. Let us all appreciate that. Yep. Oh my gosh. And also, why is Shrek at Disney World? Shrek's at Disney World? I thought it was at Universal. But it's Dream World. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is at Universal. Anyways, continue with what your your terrible movie take or terrible uh, animated movies. This is the controversial one. Oh boy. People are gonna hate me for, but at me. Because I have a story behind it. Okay. And it is Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah. I know about this. Trash, All right. Let's trash. hear it. Let's hear you drag Finding Nemo's cherished yep. name through the mud. Oh, let's just get ready to drag. Hook him up to the car with some chains. Okay, let's do this. Yep. Um, <laughs> so when I was a child, I was in what's known as aftercare. Aftercare is when you're still at school and people are watching you because your parents are working and they don't trust you to go home on the bus. So it was like third or fourth grade and I guess Finding Nemo was out and I hadn't seen it in theaters and I was excited. Mm-hmm. And so they showed it to us. I was like, eh, it, was, it was okay. I wasn't blown away. It's fish swimming for a while and not a whole lot of scenery, just ocean, but whatever. And then the next week we saw it again uh-huh. and I was like, okay, definitely not better the second time. But I don't have to watch it for a while. Two weeks later, what was on? Finding Nemo. I was like, okay, three is a little much. Three is a little much. Probably by like number 10, I was like, all right, I can't watch this again. So to this day, I I didn't even watch Finding Dory. I didn't even try to watch Finding Dory. (laughs) Trash. Trash on fire. So that's why. Is there like a specific reason you don't like Finding Nemo? I'm telling you, I just saw it too many times. Like, fish are friends, not food. I want to punch. If I could, if, if a, a line in a movie was a person and I could assault it, that's the one, man. That's the one. So you're saying if a line in the movie was Chris Rock, you'd be Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Keep my wife's name. <laughs> Ouch your mouth. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Open hand. <laughs> Clean across. 
Oh my gosh, but yeah, dude, it was so. I'm sorry, y'all. Finding Nemo, it's not beloved by me. I mean, that movie, honestly, like I can't even remember Finding Dory. I think I've only seen it like one time. So I, mm-hmm. um, I guess it wasn't that great if you can't remember. It. It like <laughs> I think I saw it when it came out in theaters, and then I just never seemed to watch it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was okay, from what I remember. I. I don't think I was blown away by it, but then again, like I watched, I I will agree with you to an extent that Finding Nemo isn't definitely Disney's not, it's not their best work. It's definitely beloved. Clearly, people love that movie, um, but I don't think it's like their their best. You know, if I had to like pick better animated movies from Disney, there's so many more to choose from. Yes, like uh, I will power rank Disney movies and put Finding Nemo below the bottom. <laughs> Below the ball, okay. Like, I don't the know if it's paper that. will end, and I'll have a post-it note, and it will say Finding Nemo. Dang, dude. That's, that's I don't even. Is. I don't think it's that bad. That's that's brutal. I honestly don't know which one I hate more. <laughs> over the Hedge or Finding Nemo? I, you know, I don't even think I finished Over the Hedge, and is how much I was disappointed by it. I saw it in theaters. It makes you feel better. So that's the pinnacle of pain. Well, at least you know you didn't buy the ticket. You're right. I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> Feel bad for the adult who did. Oh my gosh! So did that movie so have like bad. crude humor? Oh, you know what's also like a funny movie? I just kind of was thinking of right at this moment was Hoodwinked. <laughs> yeah, I, I know people who love Hoodwinked. I know people who love. I saw Hoodwinked too. Hood versus Evil. Wait, there's a sequel. There's a sequel. There shouldn't be. Hood versus evil. Hood versus evil. No, dude. Why? I know. So that's why. That's why I know people will question animated films. But like, here's my question: Mm. Why are those movies bad when some are good? Like, what makes a bad? I think it's just like very much um, like any film is good or bad. You know, it's the substance. It's like could be the story, it could be you know some of the characters, some of the jokes. A lot of animated fo- films, unfortunately, also still kind of like target younger adults, child, like children or like family audiences. Um, and like some, then the ones that don't don't ever really touch on necessarily like deeper topics or like adult topics. They'll like if they do, they're comedies. And otherwise, you're gonna be seen like you're never gonna see like serious drama. Like animated films for adults. Like, does that even exist? Ghost in the Shell, maybe? Or, no, not Ghost in the Shell, Akira. Good flick. I actually just saw one recently. It's called Perfect Blue. It's It was all in Japanese and they had English uh, like subtitles, but that was. It was dark, but it was a good flick. Like, I, I'd I feel like that, you know, like, it's other countries who did it. Like, maybe mostly Agreed. Japan and some of the Asian countries that will, you'll probably see that stuff from, but like, I don't know any like European countries, uh, doing like adult animated films or America definitely isn't like, uh, Canada, England, which I guess is part of the Europe. But, um, <laughs> I think England is something. England's a part of Europe. England is something different. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, what was I gonna say? But what do you think? Like, so I I don't think it like very differs much from 
just regular films as well. I was mostly okay. getting at like do you like do you think differently there? Because I do have a I do have another question for you, but I do want to okay. give you a chance to kind of answer your own question as well. And I appreciate that. I would say it's weird because when it comes to and you mentioned sometimes these movies are aimed specifically at kids, and so there's a level of campiness inherently there. But I think when you kind of keep it above board and understand that these are, there's their kids, but they're also people. So they understand like what's mm-hmm. funny, what isn't like you have the, like the toddler humor, but then you have just humor. And if you do it the right way, I think that that's possible. But I think what happens sometimes is some of these movies take that campiness to the next level and they try to pander to kids instead of just kind of treating them like people who can understand things. And so at that point in time, I think that's where the breakdown occurs. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, I think there are, like, a lot of animated movies these days, like, modern animated movies do a pretty decent job of, like, you know, keeping it um, family-friendly, but also catering it to kind of all ages. I mean, I I would say that, like, everybody can kind of get something out of, like, an Encanto, if you will, or a Coco. Um, That's exactly what I was going to say. Great examples. um, Or a uh, Luca uh, you know, like I think everybody can kind of get something out of it. There's like a message in, the, or claws. I don't know if you ever saw that Netflix animated movie about uh, the the. It's actually really good. I highly recommend it. It's got J.K. Simmons and uh, Ben really? Schwarzman in it, okay. uh, and I think that's his name. I hope I'm getting that right. Um, Dude, I got some Christmas fever all of a sudden for some reason. Like I am ready for Christmas, and it is May. No, I totally got his name wrong. Why did I get his name wrong? Uh, what movie was he just in? He's usually in Wes Anderson movies. Um, oh, um, he was in. Uh, oh my gosh, Rushmore, and he was he was one of the original OGs. It's an OG, um, Jason Schwartzman. So it's Jason yes. Schwartzman and J.K. Simmons, and um, I'm just gonna why, why I just pull up the stinking cast list. Um. <laughs> Joan Cusack, Norm Macdonald, Jason Schwartzman, Rashida Jones. It's like it's like this great cast, and it's like basically kind of the origins of Santa Claus. And it's a really good movie on Netflix. It's like one of their animated films. It's um, excellent. I, I highly recommend. But like these movies, like kind of like these family oriented movies that aren't necessarily directed to like five year olds. It's like directed to you know, preteens and family, uh, then they're good. They have messaging that I think everybody can appreciate. But my question for you is why do you think so many people don't treat animated movies the same as like regular movies? Like, why do you think there are people out there who go like, Oh, I don't want to see an animated movie. For example, I was totally going to ask you that and i think it's 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 twofold a i think it's some people believe that oh i'm an adult i'm beyond that and it's aimed specifically at kids so i refuse to watch it and b i also think that it's 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 a niche right it's you're viewing an experience that is authentic, but it can, it can feel inauthentic because you're not seeing it conducted through a, a real media, like a, a human. And so I think in doing that, there's just this separation. And I don't, I don't know if cognitive dissonance is the, the right way to put it, but essentially it's, I know this is fake 
So why am I? I think people use movies as an escape, but when you see something animated, it's oh, this isn't real. This could never. But why does that differ then from like a book? Like people get the same kind of level of like that escapism from books as they do from like movies, right? They people who read books can envision uh, like a real life human like that and lessons why can't they do that for like animated film that's always something i never really understood like i don't have a good answer for this question i i think it has something to do with kind of like the psychology of like you just associate animated movies as like for younger people and Mm -hmm. therefore you don't watch it or you don't take it as a serious medium for whatever reason uh when there's like so many great animated movies out there and so many great animated tv series out there one specifically like Avatar: The Last Airbender, I think is a primary example of a really uh, like a show that is definitely aimed for younger audiences, but like an adult can watch and get a lot out of it. It teaches so much in the ways of, you know, humanity that I think most mm-hmm. people would probably be pleasantly surprised. Even though it was targeted for young kids, it is definitely like an adult show in a sense. I agree with you there because I love Avatar: The Last Airbender. And also Arcane. I mean, Netflix's yeah. rather new uh, series. But first off, we're going to talk about the animation style from that in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I just thought it was really compelling storytelling. And the cool thing, and this is something I absolutely love about uh, just animation as a medium, it ages, more or less, it ages well. Like Miyazaki movies are from what, the 80s, you got 90s. 90s, 70s, Darn, some of them yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah, and it's just all consistent. And Obviously, they can sometimes mix where they have like hand drawn and then they add mm-hmm. some CGI, which doesn't necessarily age super well. But I still, I mean, I, I still love it. And so, my question for you is when it comes to actual animation, how do you feel about the 3D renderings versus, say, like a, a hand drawn or something that's been animated to look like it was hand drawn? I think they're both like very, I think there's like different schools of like animation and I appreciate them both equally. Um, I think early on when like 2D was kind of being like transitioned out and 3D was becoming more and more of the norm, I think I kind of like missed a lot of what like 2D animation movies. Like they were there even today, they're still few and far in between. I feel like you don't really see them too often. Um, but like they, I had a nostalgic feeling for them and i still can't appreciate really good 2d animation because it definitely exists there is some very beautiful 2d animation stuff out there if you want to find it uh, um like there it's incredible and i mean in 3d animation is also i've learned to really really appreciate it as like the style has moved away from always being that very pixar kind of stylistic choice to it and granted disney still utilizes pixar style but like you can see stuff like arcane as you brought up that's a perfect example actually of an animated series that is not necessarily targeted for younger audiences that is is definitely a show that's targeted to like young adults and older audiences for sure um but arcane is a 3d animated style that has like this very stylistic choice to make it look like it's 2d but it's 3D, and it's excellent for that. Um, yeah. But what what are your thoughts regarding that? No, I I agree with you. And something I do wish is that more 2D animation was 
out and around. I, I love seeing the computer and I mean, they can do some pretty incre- incredible things with that, like water tessellation. I was watching Moana not too long ago and just looking at the water looks real. Like I, oh, I no, it's, you know, it's, it's insane it's what people incredible. can do with like computer graphics and, um, it's it's it, it almost looks like I'm actually like looking into the real yeah. world. And the talent that is required to do that is absurd. Uh, I don't yeah, think a lot of people well, realize like not only do you need like some seriously like, good talented artists, but you also need like people who understand like advanced mathematics and like physics to create all that <laughs> stuff. Like that is not simple. Yeah, you need like <laughs> you need people who understand like okay, so like when we want to animate something in a 3d space on a 2d screen, we need to see how would their hair physically react in this world. And that requires math to figure that out. (laughs) Let's get to the top board. Yeah. Like it's, or like how would this look like if it was blowing in the wind, if the wind was moving at this miles per hour and we also have like a resistance to it based on like the model like it's insane i'm sure i don't know personally but i've read that it does require a ton of math but like also it's just incredibly talented and it probably takes years to build that uh animated level of animation so dude just the lighting alone like mm-hmm. when there are sequences at night or in the day and then the people are turning away and the mm-hmm. sun's over here and it's it's absurd but it's it's so beautiful but in that i do like i like the separation between reality because that's slowly getting to a place where things look real yeah but i do like the the 2d is just i mean that's straight up animation yeah right in my wheelhouse and i just have an appreciation and it's like its own too. like kind of like art style like whereas 3d i think is trying to push the boundary of making cgi like as real as possible and kind of getting away from like a stylistic choice uh, i mean i still think pixar keeps its stylistic choice arcane clearly is keeping a stylistic choice but like 2d animation like is always about stylistic choice. It is always about portraying it. And it's almost kind of like, you can almost see it as its own. It's like, it's cinematography for the animated world. Like that's how they want to portray the world. That's how they want you to view it. And it's kind of like, it's, it's beautiful uh, uh, a lot of the time. So definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm curious, which do you find to be more consistent in terms of quality in movies? animated movies or live action movies i guess i know the answer to that i guess it's like yeah i guess it's like tough i think probably animated movies in a sense i feel like there are a lot of like live action movies that i give the benefit of a doubt to compared to like animated movies and so i end up finding a lot more live action movies where i'm like that's just not good (laughs) it's just well, that was a bad movie um, or a bad TV show. Uh, whereas like animated, I usually kind of go in not to say, I feel like I, if I'm watching an animated series or if I'm watching like animation that I don't enjoy, it's usually the content and not necessarily like the animation. And it's usually like a TV show that I like try to watch. I'm like, yeah, it's not really for me, and I'll just kind of move on. But when it comes to, like, movies, I feel like for animated movies, the only ones I really see are, like, Disney movies, the occasional, like, good animated movie that I just hear about, and, um, uh, like, animated series like Arcane. I was a big advocate for Arcane when that came out, because I just tried it on a whim, and I was like, wow, this is genuinely very good. Um, and I just wanted to recommend it to as many people as possible, because it is a good movie, or 
show. And I think also in terms of funding, because I, I know it's more expensive to animate something and it takes a lot more time than it is to just Well, I don't know if it, it is it because like, I feel like some movies have insane budgets now. But I don't okay, know. that's true. That's true. But, but I don't I know if that's because of like all the CGI they got to do, which is animation at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, I was going to ask how you feel about that, the integration of CGI into uh, everyday, like live action films. And then in terms of just seeing how things age, do you think that that's something that we should continue? Because I know for me, I love animated movies because you don't have to CGI. For example, if I had to just throw something okay i'll go with an avatar the last airbender they're yeah they have their cgi moments but when they're doing things it's not like they have to you know pull something out that will age like they can they can literally fire ben they can do this they can do that yeah. you don't have to worry about it looking natural or not so mm-hmm. that's such a strength but how do you feel about the utilization of cgi in movies um i think there's a balance that some movies go way too far in one direction uh, i don't think you could ever like not have I, I feel like you can never have too little cgi i guess i feel like movies like that go cgi lists like mad max fury road which has some cgi like the the dust storm or whatever but like for the most part is a fully like real stunt kind of movie like that works for that movie and i think more movies should try to do practical effects and stuff like that i mean it's just it was gorgeous god i love that movie so much i need to watch it again um but there are also times where uh like the star wars prequels for example it's hilarious when you watch the behind the scenes of that because it's just like you and mcgregor in a room filled with green screens you're just sitting alone in a green screen and it's just like what like you couldn't get like any props built like how is that possible and like i think that's just an extension to like so many movies these days i mean i swear to god i think marvel does this a lot i think they like still like netflix also does this they tend to film a lot of their movies on sound stages for whatever reason and like it's just always cgi like they don't shell out money for like any type of production value, I guess. Like they're just like, no, 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 no. We have really phenomenal like computer graphics engineers and artists. Like we're fine, we're good. We don't need, you know, to shell out money on practical effects. So um, my thing is when it looks like they can literally shoot something in in real life, like just go somewhere and shoot it on location. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's going to cost money. But then they just put up a background and you can clearly tell the people aren't there yeah and so that takes me out of the movie yeah um, once cgi is bad it can take you out of the movie which is why i think it's really important for films to have healthy balances between yes. utilizing cgi and practical effects like dune for example a movie that clearly used a lot of cgi but they went in, out into jordan and shot in the freaking desert <laughs> Shout out to Jordan. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Jordan. It's just and like that worked for it. And they used CGI to supplement certain portions of that film, but wasn't like oversaturating it with like we're oh guys, we can't go out to the desert, so we're gonna put you in a soundstage and uh, we're just gonna pour sand around and um then the rest will just be CGI. <laughs> 
No, no. It's interesting. What do you think about the the new movies, the new Disney movies? For example, the mm-hmm. Lion King remake, live action. They said, but it was all. I didn't like idiot. this because I think I talked about it previously, but it kind of like degrades the sanctity of the original. God, I sound real pretentious, um, but like it just it takes away from what. Like the kind of almost like the magic of those films. I mean, like Lion King was like one of my favorite anime movies growing up. I still love it. It's a great, great movie. Um, it's the number one VHS really? movie of all time. Really? Yes. I mean, I yes. believe it. I'm pretty sure I had a VHS, two VHS copies. I we did too, dude. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, and like it just it had that. Like I said, I feel like I never watched the Lion King live action movie. I never watched any of the Disney adaptation ones um, because I just didn't want to like have the original kind of ruined for me in a sense. Because what I, I, have a, I have a feeling that these movies don't capture like the soul of those movies because the animated style, as I alluded to before, is like the cinematography of of the film it is like the heart of the film it is what directs the the art direction is all there when you go to live action like it's just these cgi like vomit fest of just like okay well we need to create pride rock and it's completely computer generated and then we also need to create it's just like you basically just wasted a ton of money to create a completely cgi movie that has absolutely none of the art direction or the color palette that what made the original so good and like it just doesn't have any interesting kind of cinematography because it's like this drab appearance from what i've seen from the trailers and it's just like you lose all of what the soul of that movie was on top of like the fantastic voice acting from the actors at the time, the score, all that stuff is just, uh, why, why, why? And John Oliver was Zuzu. God damn it. Zuzu got it. Yeah, dude. I was going to say, um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Donald, Donald Glover was Simba. Beyonce was Nala. General Jones was still, Mufasa. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. But it's, it's unfortunately, I think that also kind of muddies the line. Because I wouldn't consider that to be a live action. I'd no, still it's that just to be a, an still an animated film. It, unless, like, there was a human. Was there? Was there any real, like, actual animals? Like, like, like Homeward Bound? Bro, do you remember? Let's talk about this <laughs> Super random side. Homeward Bound is on my list now. My only thing was they never animated the actual animals talking. So it was just like a dog. It was and just they like they had telekinesis. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> Come on, let's go. It was Shadow was the name of the yeah, dog. Yeah, Shadow. Or or, okay, I don't yeah. remember. I think Shadow was the there dog. There were three animals. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then, anyway, you're like, come on, let's go. But it was just a normal straight-faced dog. Yeah. I said, if they, I was a kid, I was like, don't disrespect me. Do not disrespect me by telling me this is a good movie. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Maybe maybe I'd like it more now that I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. But, like, oh, yeah, people like, like it's a live-action movie, but it wasn't really. It was just a CGI vomit fest. And, like, unfortunately, that's just kind of, uh, I think. The standard? I don't know if it's the standard because like some of the other live action stuff like Aladdin obviously was like live action and had like Okay, that's true. Some... That's true. They had Lady and the Tramp too, dude. Wait, really? 
Yeah, I don't think they released it in theaters. I think they just went straight to Disney Plus. Yikes. If I'm not Yikes. Yeah, I liked that. I liked the animated one. I, I think I liked. I probably I haven't seen any of these live action ones. I don't really plan to, but I think I would almost always prefer the animated movie to them. And I I feel bad for like kids of like that generation will grow up and watch The Lion King and think that the live action version is the correct version to watch. Ooh, yikes. And it's like you're ruining good animation and you're just like it's just sad. Um why is he drawn? Why isn't it the real symbol? <laughs> like, they'll watch they'll watch like the tears. 1994 version of The Lion King. And they're like, "Ew, I don't like this." Why is it animated? Why does Sazu sound so weird? <laughs> it's like, bitch, the other one was animated too. It was just in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think I fell asleep. I'm not going to lie. I saw it on an airplane and I was tired. I was tired, but I think I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> goodness, goodness, goodness. Why do you think, and do you think animated movies should be nominated for best pictures? I do, and just completely get out of just their nominated for best animated film category. It's kind of like Parasite when it was nominated for best like foreign language film, and then it was also nominated for best picture because it deserved best picture. It was the yeah. best movie of the year. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, what happens is a lot of times they will, and that might be part of what the perception is. Like we we can find these these great films to this this one category. I know there's been two. Movies nominated for Best Picture that have been animated. They are Beauty and the Beast and Up. And Up. Oh, I mean, yeah. I totally forgot about that. I didn't know yeah. about Beauty and the Beast, but I did know that Up was nominated for uh, nope. Best Picture. Yeah. And I completely forgot. And it's a fantastic movie. It, mm-hmm. Anybody can appreciate it. A kid, an mm-hmm. adult. I know my parents were out here getting emotional watching this film. <laughs> and, so, and so it's just you can tell unique stories through this medium. And I think that there's something about the, and I won't even call it simplicity, but it's something about the, the element of childhood in yeah. animation that I think allows us to connect to something deeper than we might not necessarily be able to connect to from just watching something live action. Mm-hmm. And it really allows the imagination to get going and, and it creates a new experience in something familiar. I agree. And, and I think it's at least at the point we've kind of like brought up and again and again, is that there are so many stories you can tell through animation that, you know, can be like these family friendly because that's where animation is targeted. And there are so many prime examples of really strong storytelling that sends a strong message in some shape or form uh, that can be enjoyed by anyone. And it is kind of just upsetting that so many people disregard it as kind of just like this second tier level of storytelling, at least when it comes to like the film industry. That it is nothing more than just something that oh, I want to take my kid to see that. And I don't like really like that stigma because there are so many like great animated films out there that I don't think people give enough of a chance, and they definitely should. Um, so with that said, Palmer, what are animated films you recommend people if they're listening to this podcast and be like, hey, maybe you know what? I want to go see an animated film. What are some you would recommend? Okay, perfect. So rehashing this just for those who might not have been paying attention top top three gotta be iron giant into the spider-verse spirited away you really can't go wrong when it comes to a lot of the miyazaki films so you're like you got your Howl's moving castles you got your porco rosso kiki's delivery service 
And then beyond that, I think I mean you you can certainly get into the to the Disney's the the Ratatouille's which I love Luca as you said, mm-hmm. um but there's a lot of just a lot of potential and it's the thing that I love about it is it can capture any kind of mood and there are those foreign films that are a little bit more geared towards adults that can be a little bit you know scary or it can be crime and then you have the ones that can. You know, catered more towards your, your inner childhood, but I think those are certainly uh, a couple to to consider. How about for you, there, bud? I think I would echo what you kind of recommended, and I would probably go into like some TV series. Like, if you haven't checked out Arcane, I don't know, check it out. Just give it a whirl, see if it's good for. Like, it might seem off-putting, a show based on League of Legends animated. I assure you. You don't need to know anything about League of Legends. It has very little to do with the actual game other than it takes place in the world of the League of Legends. And I also can assure you that it is a really entertaining story that has a lot of human side to it, or a very human side to it. And um, also a very like social like like uh, commentary throughout the show. Uh, so yeah, that's all I got to really say. I would definitely check out Arcane. And if you have in time, old classics, Avatar, the last airbender, it's on Netflix. So dude, I was going to say that same thing. So, and also I liked, there was this one series, it's superhero based, but yeah, uh, first of all, ooh, before I forget justice league, justice league unlimited, two great series. Um, but then I was going to say young justice is also, and I also but. forgot about that. Like there is adult animation invincible. I haven't seen it. But I've heard some things about that show. It gets wild. And beyond that, you have just—I mean, you can talk about Family Guy, but you have your Archers, you have your American Dads. Yeah, but those are like comedies, comedies you know. But like, oh, yeah. you want more serious? A little bit. I mean, like they're, I mean, I don't know. I feel like people can get away with like cartoon comedies because I guess like South Park or The Simpsons really is probably the, the show that really paved the way for that kind of medium. But like that's all it really takes, right? It really just takes like a couple of like adult oriented animated films or TV shows to kind of get that medium off the ground. And we can see a little bit more of like the potential of this medium in, in a fully realized setting. Like I think arcane is a great start. I don't know how monumental of a hit it was, but a lot of people in like gaming circles loved it. Uh, and people who, uh, you know, just probably just like film and television in general, and no matter the medium loved it. So, um, you know, it's just, you need a couple of more of those and you'll probably see, uh, more and more of shows like that or movies like that. Question for you there, bud. Yeah. What is one movie you would like to see animated? It could be a recent movie. It could be an old movie. Mm. Uh, this is kind of cheating. Cause I think they have like kind of like a smaller series uh or not a smaller like a smaller short um based in the world but like blade runner animated i think could have massive potential i know that they have as i mentioned they already have like a short that's like an animated short but uh they could like build an entire animated series like set in that world and like make it like i don't even care if it's 2d or 3d like you could do some serious stuff with like a cyberpunk kind of aesthetic in a fully animated world once again you gotta check out akira that's yeah. also a good, mm-hmm. a good movie 
sci-fi cyberpunk captures mm. all the dystopian feels. Yep. I mean, it would be a fun medium to explore, especially since if science fiction movies or television shows like Blade Runner are too expensive to make, even though I would absolutely love to see one in a live-action setting because it would be awesome. And um, But, like, definitely explore it through the animated medium. I, like, I feel like you could... You don't have that, like limitation of well there's not like we had to do so many like graphic computer and like you know cgi or something like that like you don't have that limitation you can kind of do whatever you want within an animated world and it would be absolutely thrilling to see something like that so and something we don't really talk about but is is apparent with this medium is people don't age you know i mean obviously the voice actors grow older Mm -hmm. and their voices might change a little bit but when it comes to doing something in reality, for example, if you're looking at the kids from Stranger Things, they're like grown people now. They were <laughs> kids, and so <laughs> it's, it was season it's season four. But you know, they're, they're basically no longer the kids they they were when we first mm-hmm. met them back in what was it, 2016? Yeah, when they're like 11, 12 years old, and now they're like 18, 19, 20. <laughs> grown people, like yeah. basically halfway through college. Mm-hmm. But uh, but in terms of animation, I mean, you can. Think about it. We've had the same Homer Simpson, the same Bard and Lisa and Marge. And mm-hmm. I know sometimes they will switch voice actors out from time to time, but it's just, it's versatile in that regard as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. What would, well, how about you? What is like a movie you would love to see animated? Okay. It's a recent movie. And like we've mentioned it before, still in the sci-fi genre. I would love to see Dune. Oh, animated. that could work. Yeah. Because I want to see like, if they really F up, like, get with the scale of everything and then just see like if they go dark with the Harkonnens mm-hmm. and just every sorry car bro and you know, it would be it would be crazy you know what i would love to see like the style that doom would be in is like the the studio that did like legend of Korra. oh that'd be deep man yeah that'd be deep yeah i think that would be, I, I think that like 2d style could really work for dune I loved the action sequences from Korra just because they were like so fluid and Mm -hmm. it looked like it was real, but I could tell, I mean, obviously it was animated. I mean, the animation was definitely a step up from like the last airbender. Last airbender, yeah. Um, Not to say the last airbender is bad, but like, yeah, I mean, clearly the technology advanced and like they were able to get like way more detailed with Korra, so. Yup. But no, that's a good, I like that. Mm -hmm. That's a good call. That'd be that'd be that'd be cool to see, or even like I mean, I'd see it in like 3D animated as well. But agreed, we do have the movie. We do style. have the movies. So breach, breach, <laughs> and part two is coming out hopefully sometime very soon. Indeed, indeed. <sighs> well, Palmer, we are almost an hour in at this point. All right, practically I... an hour in. Do you want to talk about anything else regarding animation as a medium, as an art form? You know, I will, I will relinquish my time, but perhaps we come back to this down the road. Who knows? Perhaps we do. Perhaps we do. But thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been the What You Got Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Budd. Joining with me, as always, is the wonderful Jordan Palmer. You can catch us every Monday evening. Sorry, we're a little late this week. Uh, on wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure you follow us. And follow us on the social media. Palmer, why don't you tell them where to follow us on that? 
Alrighty, people, you can follow us on Instagram at What You Got Podcast, which is spelled W H A T C H A, or on Twitter at What You Got Cast, which is spelled the same way. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is just What You Got. You can probably find it, see our logo, and that is that. And until next time, we will see you all later.